Hi there, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. Sometimes creating art sounds like something that's very difficult to achieve. The reality is that what one person deems art isn't always exactly the same as what another person might think of as art. Indeed, the very idea of art is quite relative. I consider art as simply something that was created from scratch that didn't exist in exactly that way before it appeared. Whether or not it's a masterpiece is an even larger debate amongst those who worry over for such things. But for the rest of us, I think we should celebrate the act of making and think of every little thing we create as a little piece of art. When I was a kid, my mother would consider everything I created as a little bit of art. Indeed, sometimes even a masterpiece of youthful skill. That's the wonderful thing about creating. The people who love you most will always be there to love what you make along with you. So it hardly matters what the rest of the world believes when they believe in you and you believe in yourself. Building just a bit of confidence in what we create is all that's required to keep on showing up to make more things. Not everything will turn out just as we imagined. Sometimes it's even more amazing. Sometimes it just doesn't feel as good as the previous thing we made. But no matter what, there's pure joy to be discovered when you make art every day. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Together in Harmony For a prompt of anemone once, I opted for a sea anemone hitching a ride on a hermit crab. I've always been fascinated by sea anemone and particularly their symbiotic relationships with other sea creatures. The clownfish connection is rather well known and made more popular with films like Finding Nemo. Yet, as it turns out, these fascinating creatures have other friends as well. From the time they're young, a hermit crab will pick up a young sea anemone and they'll often hang out together for life. Having a stinging sea creature on your back is a perfect way for a little crab to fend off predators. And a typically stationary sea anemone gets an ocean RV to tool around on to find more food while also escaping from danger. When a crab outgrows the shell, they'll move to another one and take their friend along. Indeed, sometimes it's our differences that make for the most harmonious relationships. Throughout my life, I've had lots of different friends, and many times what drew me to them in the first place was our nearly opposite natures. I'm just genuinely intrigued by different personalities and people who enjoy completely different things than I do. I feel like everyone in this world has something they can teach us, and those lessons get rather interesting when they come from an unexpected source. Unlike hermit crabs, however, I've not been able to stay in touch with all of the friends I've made in my life. Many times, Life just takes a very different course and people move on to other things, though I still cherish each and every memory of our times together. But one thing I've learned is that you're never too old to make new friends, and I'm excited to think of all the future friends that I'll have one day that I've yet to even meet. At home, Philippe and our dog Phineas are best of friends, but today Phineas refused the afternoon walk, so Philippe went out on his own. I stayed with the dog as his reasoning was that it was too darn hot and I had to agree with him. As much as Phineas loves the sun, he prefers to lay under it and let it boil him slowly. It's always funny to watch the standoff between the two of them. I've learned long ago that it's never wise to argue with a Basenji. 
Phineas will just do whatever he wants in the end. So we'll all take a walk this evening when things cool off a bit. While I do love the longer days this time of year, I wish the sun wasn't quite so blistering. And as for the hermit crabs and sea anemone, it will continue to fascinate me watching how creatures in nature always seem to find a perfect balance. If more people in the world would let their own human nature learn from these creatures, they quickly find it's always possible to live together in harmony. Early in the morning. For a prompt offense once, I had no idea what to sketch and ended up with this fast and loose little doodle of a rooster sitting on a fence and crowing about the return of morning. In truth, I did a super quick little preliminary doodle and then realized I didn't have time to sketch it again, so I just painted that one. I kind of like the storybook effect. Indeed, when it comes to a rooster's crow in the morning, I wouldn't likely be able to hear it. This is not only because I no longer spend time on the farm, but also because I'm not really a morning person. Indeed, it usually takes a few cups of coffee before I can form complete sentences and be considered ready to head out into the world. And even then, it's a bit dicey. It just takes a while for my mind to shake off all of those lovely dreams at night and enter reality again each day. I'm usually fully functioning by around 9am with another cup of coffee in hand, so that's not too terribly bad. When it's winter, I feel zero guilt for wanting to sleep in as it's pretty much night all of the time. But during summer, the sun is blazing above the horizon by the time I've opened my eyes. It feels like I've slept into the middle of the morning sometimes, which thankfully is never the case. Also, with the extra light, I end up staying awake even longer in the evenings, which doesn't at all help my motivation to leap out of bed the next day. When I was younger, I was a complete night owl. I would stay up until the witching hour working on various projects. These days, you'll find me nodding off before midnight every day. But again, still doesn't make me a morning person. I've always been fascinated by morning people, the ones who can accomplish many tasks before breakfast. I'm more likely to skip breakfast entirely if it means getting to sleep in just a few more lovely minutes. Each time I head into the weekend, I'm super thrilled because it comes without roosters or alarm clocks of any kind. This is truly why I think I adore weekends so much. It's those two precious days each week where I don't have to jump to the ready and can just lounge about like a slug. It's so refreshing and I'm always sad when it's over. Though I don't think being a slug all week long would be a very good thing for me. I think I could really get used to that. Our dog Phineas, of course, has mastered the art of being a slug on a daily basis, and he's quite a marvel when it comes to doing nothing much at all. It's amazing to watch him, really, as he's made quite an art of it. As for me, I'm still always moving about and trying to get things done most of the time, but I'll take my time to rest and relax whenever I can get it. And that's exactly what you'll always find me doing early in the morning. Vintage Picnic For a prompt of hot dog once, I decided to combine one with a drink and chips to create my favorite picnic food as a little kid in the 70s. I don't actually enjoy hot dogs anymore, so that was where my mind went first. 
but they always remind me of happy gatherings and fun times from childhood during the summer months. Indeed, a cold soda pop and potato chips were probably my favorite part of the meal. I don't even drink soda anymore, but chips are still a lovely treat sometimes. Philippe and I got a bag on our last grocery delivery order, but I didn't realize the size I had selected and it was terribly small. Indeed, it was appropriately family-sized for a family of two, but I was hoping it might last all week. But chips aren't really made to last. They're made to be eaten with pure abandon, thanks to their insidiously addictive nature. I'll have to make a note to myself to get a bigger bag the next time around. With my head stuck in the 70s this afternoon, I decided to double down and watch something from the time on television. Okay, well, have it on in the background while I did a million other things. I noticed that Disney Plus was promoting Schoolhouse Rock and the answer was made for me. I turned it on and ended up going through every little clip of every season. The music was so good and so memorable. Philippe even joined me for a time and agreed that it was super cool. If we had kids, we'd have them watch it as it's much smarter and more informative than the things that seem to go viral these days for kids. Of course, now I'm still singing Conjunction Junction, I'm Just a Bill and Interplanet Janet and probably will be for the remainder of the evening. I remember seeing that little cartoon Bill on the steps wanting to be made into a law and it actually made me weepy as a kid. Though I can't credit Schoolhouse Rock alone for my love of childhood, it was certainly a wonderful part. And watching it again today brought back so many fantastic memories of enjoying cartoons on Saturday mornings and getting excited when one of these little musical clips would appear. It's true that I was a total nerd, so any chance to sing multiplication tables or learn about history was an exciting thing indeed. Not sure if my teachers appreciated me singing out my answers in class or not. Today, I'm not into math as much, but I still love science and history. I'm much older now, but I remember that little boy well. I think he had a very different idea of how life might turn out. He dreamed of being so many things that I've never become. But there's still time to chase a few more of those dreams. And it was such a joy to take a stroll down memory lane and spend some quality time with that child inside while sketching a vintage picnic. Excessively delicious. Once I had a prompt of ice cream, which I'm always excited to have as a prompt, since I always make up fantasy desserts, it occurred to me that I don't have to always stay with realistic proportions and could eat as much ice cream as I would like. So we have five scoops in various flavors. I've never actually eaten five whole scoops of ice cream in a single sitting, but it's certainly fun to imagine. And as ever, doodle washes are blissfully calorie free. I do have some vanilla ice cream in the freezer still, I think. I'm always hesitant to rush to look as I don't want my hopes to be crushed so quickly if it's not there. If it is there, I'm certainly going to treat myself as a way to celebrate a brand new month of sketching stuff. At least that's what will be my excuse. And I'll be sure I'm the one serving since, as I've mentioned previously, Philippe's version of a scoop is more like a teaspoon. They say, whoever they are, that too much of a good thing is bad, and while there are many things to which this can apply, ice cream is likely one of them, but thankfully sketching it simply is not on the list. Indeed, when it comes to drawing and painting, too much is never enough. I wish I had hours and hours to devote to making art, but I only have a precious few minutes each day. 
But like ice cream, a little bit can still be the most wonderful thing in the world. I was so rushed today that I had that little moment where I thought I wasn't going to be able to make anything at all. As most of you know, this actually hasn't happened yet, but that doesn't mean that I don't have days where it feels like something impossible to do. In times like this, I just open my sketchbook and start scribbling. Soon I'm lost in the joy of it all and the time I thought I didn't have presents itself. I'm a firm believer that we should always make time each day to do the things we love most. I love to read and play video games, and I've carved out a little bit of time for each before bed each day as well. It's not a ton of time, mind you, but it's enough to get a good taste of what I enjoy. Still, yes, I always wish for more time, but I'll take what I can get. For the record, I feel the same about dessert when Philippe serves it. And though we won't likely be having a fabulous dessert tonight, I just saw him put something savory that smelled amazing in the oven. I'm rather excited to see what's coming next. And each day in my sketchbook, I feel the very same. So whatever little bit of time I have to do the things I love, I take. And it always feels excessively delicious. Daydreams at night. For a prompt of half moon once, I wasn't sure what to make and then saw videos of a friend's cat online and was suddenly inspired. So I sketched the little kitty named Theo daydreaming under a crescent moon before heading off to sleep. At least that's what seemed to appear after I just jumped in and started making something. I was going to use masking fluid for the moon, but I couldn't find it easily in my art supplies and being terribly impatient, ended up just using a white crayon instead which was super fun because playing with crayons always makes my inner child smile. I haven't met little Theo in person yet, but even though I'm a bit allergic to cats, I'm going to risk it and meet him soon. He's adorable and each video I watched as I studied him was cuter than the last. His eyes always seem to be curious with thought as though half in a daydream of something wonderful. I think I'm often in this state as well. No matter what I'm doing, my mind is always drifting off to think of other things also. Often, these thoughts are about things I should be getting done or upcoming deadlines, but more often than that, they're just imaginative thoughts that flip through my mind. I love going to these mental places as I think that's where I get my most interesting ideas. I had a creative coworker once who called it the back brain. We had worked on many projects together and it never failed that when we were feverishly trying to riddle something out, we'd hit a wall. It was only switching to think of something else that we were able to suddenly figure out the problem. Our back brains did all of the heavy lifting and eventually came up with a wonderful solution. I love the surprise of thoughts like that. This happens all of the time when I'm sketching stuff as well. What I first intend to sketch is rarely, if ever, what ends up appearing in my sketchbook. Tonight we're getting together with a couple of close friends for a quiet evening on the porch, and also for lasagna, which is one of my favorites, but not a dish I have very often. I think Philippe made it once, but it's been so long now that I can't quite remember. Our dog Phineas will be staying home as he thinks any event involving more than his two dads is a full-on party and it makes him crazy. He's currently just sitting on the floor in preparation for his mealtime, and then he'll spend the evening doing whatever it is he does when we're away for a while. No doubt he'll have Michael the squirrel over for a round of poker before just heading off to bed early. Soon enough, we'll be back home again and joining him as well. 
And just as my head hits the pillow, I'll let my mind do what it always does as I once again enjoy those beautiful daydreams at night. Rainbow Pencils For a prompt of pencil once, I decided to sketch some colored pencils in a glass. The only pencils I could find for a reference were a set of watercolor pencils that I used only once. I quickly realized that while colored pencils are super fun, for me anyway, splashing around watercolor paint is much, much faster. Or at least I could figure out the right hacks to make it go faster. As a kid though, I preferred colored pencils to crayons, and they felt like I was leveling up and getting to use something a real artist might use. I adored seeing a fresh set of them and all of the various colors with their sharp pointed tips. I called them rainbow pencils back then, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure why I stopped. Though I would use them in my coloring books, the fact that I was holding a pencil would quickly make me want to grab a white sheet of paper and make my own drawings. I just really loved sketching stuff even back then, so it's nice to be back in the habit today. While I don't use colored pencils today, I'm a huge fan of those who do. I adore looking at art made with colored pencils, particularly hyper-realistic art, and I'm quite often astounded by some of the artists I see using them. For a time, I entertained the idea of trying it myself, but soon realized you need lots of time and tons of different colors to get the effects that I was seeing, so I just stayed a fanboy instead. Indeed, I'm really just a huge fanboy of all types of art and adore seeing what others make. Even if something is done in a medium that's different than the one I prefer using, I'm always inspired by what I see. And well, more often, just really humbled by all of the amazing talent I see in the world. For me, these pencils just send me back to childhood and wonderful memories of the past. And also, they remind me of a time when I was never humbled, only enthusiastically inspired to create. Today, I'll share whatever happened each day in my sketchbook with the pride of a young boy. And before I show all of you what I created, I proudly show Philippe just to get an initial reaction. It's usually a good one, but sometimes it's a bit shy on the praise. Horses and unicorns are something he doesn't care for, so I don't expect an enthusiastic reaction from him when those appear. I'm not entirely sure I've ever uncovered the issue there, but I'm now making a mental note to inquire again. Sometimes when Philippe is busy and I have to make my post, I'll show our dog Phineas instead. This is something I regret almost as soon as I do so because Phineas is a bit judgy and temperamental. He usually just sniffs at it and I have to snatch it back before his sneezes mess up the color. But no matter what my own little peanut gallery has to offer me, you're still seeing the one thing I made each day. And I'm always just as proud as I was all of those many years ago when I was just a little kid playing with rainbow pencils. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 